This episode is brought to you in part by Geek Therapy subscribers on Twitch. You can become a subscriber at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. Or if you have Amazon Prime, you can use your free Twitch Prime subscription on us. For more info on that, visit geektherapy.com slash prime. Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a psychology and gaming show. My name is Josue Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. Hey, that's me. That is you. <laughs> so what have we been playing? So there is a game called One Hour, One Life, and it's pretty brand spanking new. Uh, I think it came out in March, possibly February, um, but it's it's pretty new. And it was developed by a gentleman named Jason Rohrer. What, what drew me to this game was I saw a motherboard article entitled One Hour, One Life. This game broke my heart and restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, if, if that's the, the lead title, then I think I need to play this game. And so then I told Josue, we need to play this game and talk about it. And here we are. Yeah. And um, we we got a review copy. And so just want to make sure we, we put that out there for, for the FTC. And yeah, I was really looking forward to playing it. And... Whoa, this game, I have so many thoughts on this game. This game is a lot of fun. It has been hilarious. Uh, I streamed it uh, a couple nights ago on the Geek Therapy Twitch. That was really funny. I said, are you my mommy a lot on the stream? (laughs) 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 It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I had a really different experience. So as as usual, I'm glad that we're coming at it from like two really different perspectives. Okay. Let me know. What what happened? What happened, Kelly? So I guess to kind of take a step back, this game is a a persistent world. So it continues to live on even if you are not um, logged into the particular server. And when you join this world, when you spawn in, you spawn as a baby, as an infant that is unable to do anything. And for every one minute of time in the game equates to one hour of life. uh, I'm sorry, one year um, lived for the character. So after one minute, you're one year old. If after two minutes, you're two years old and, and so on. And when you're one year old, you can't do anything. Like you can walk around and follow your mom because you're, you're assigned to a mother and that's it. Like you have to rely on her to feed you and, and to do everything. And it isn't until you're, I think I'd say three or four, you can start to do things on your own. Um, you can like pick berries and you can feed yourself, which it doesn't sound like a long uh, period of time. But when you literally die within like about 20 seconds without getting food from your mom or having some kind of uh, warmth or clothing, uh, it, it, it feels like forever. So of course, as you, you go, you age and nobody can live past 100. So nobody can go more than one hour um, in this game. Or I guess 60. <laughs> that, that's how math works. Um, so yeah, it, it's this kind of a survival game, a la Don't Starve, but it's also kind of like Civ in a persistent open world, I guess, to kind of set the stage for what we're talking about. And the something there are a few things that are pretty special about the game. One of them is that I believe it's really just one server where everybody's playing on, and the world... It essentially starts with nothing, and there is a tech tree, which is a, well, how Jason refers to it. And the tech tree is something that 
civilization can move through. So, so right in that sense, it's like it's like a Civ game or um, different RTSs, right? Where where you start gathering resources and advancing your technology. But here it's very simple. It's like oh, you gather one thing, gather another, and then you put it together, and then you can start uh, building something new. And then after that, you build something else, and then you. But the entire this persistent online world is being populated by people who, like you said, are babies, last no more than an hour, and then can be reborn as babies and then continue. So you have a very limited amount of time to not only depend on someone else to <laughs> to get to the point where you can feed yourself, and then you have to survive and then also advance civilization. So there isn't a world map, so it's hard to get a sense of where, of like how big the world is and where the technological advancements are happening because you seem to spawn randomly. And that randomness is, uh, I don't know, it's part of the, for me, it was part of the fun. Uh, it can also be part of the frustration because, so once you're old enough, you become, uh, if you're if you're a female character and once you're old enough, you can start having babies. But every time you have a baby, that's a real person that was just spawned into the world as your baby. So um, the game, one thing that the game does is that sometimes to make sure that there are enough adults in the world, sometimes you spawn in as a teenager. I think you're 15 or 16. And at that, and then, so at that point, you're kind of grown. You can spawn into that. And then a few minutes later, you start popping out babies if you're female. It is, it is hilarious um, <laughs> for a number of reasons. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything else. Um, the game is also really special because it's made by one person. And it's dr- all of the art is done by one person. All the code is done by one person. All the sounds in the game are done by the same person. It's all Jason Rohr. And he's got these really cool videos on, on his YouTube channel where he essentially walks you through, like he, he has his drawings and then he scans them in and puts them into a computer and, and animates them and then adds sounds and then uploads that into the game. And every single week he's uploading, I think, 100 new items and the way he described it when it launched is that he's going to try to always be, you know, one step ahead of where civilization is in the game. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly making things newer. So right now, the most the game has been out, I believe, five weeks as of the date that we're recording. And and the game's I, mean, I don't know, it's kind of it's changed. And my understanding is that he has a two year plan for the game. So he's he's got it planned out as, you know, for two years, he's going to keep adding content every week. That's intense. Yeah, all of that sounds really ambitious and but exciting at the same time because every time you pop in there there's new stuff. Um and the game has changed a little bit. There've been some tweaks that that I'll talk about later, but in general, every time you come into the game, the the civilization should be a little more advanced than the last time you were there. In general, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, he also has the the option when you buy the game that you can you get all the source code and you get a server code, so you could run your own server privately and not the the main one that uh, that everybody's playing on uh i don't know all that stuff is really cool like all that stuff uh just th- the basics i'm not even talking about the experience of playing the game just the idea of the game and and even again jason's story of or the story of how he's making it because he's still making it you know and that's fun to follow along I've, I've watched a few of his videos doing that and i'm i'm looking forward to how he's going to draw like robots and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and flying cars and stuff, you know, if it gets to that point. 
I guess one other thing I'd want to throw in there about the kind of the uniqueness of this is that when you are born, when you're spawned spawned into the game, you can only communicate by typing one letter. And then as you get older, you can type more letters. Um, So it's interesting. Uh, When I would spawn in as a baby, you know, sometimes the mothers would say, okay, if you're hungry, type F and I will come feed you. Uh, Other mothers just kind of left you to die. But like, and then eventually you could actually start to say a word and it, it was um, very interesting to try and communicate when you only had three or four characters or sometimes even less than that and you know the same thing is that as you get more complex you're allowed more more letters and more characters and I, I just always love it when the mechanics of a game uh, closely echo and dovetail with the the theme and, and the message that the game is trying to convey. When I first realized that, I saw that adults were writing out full sentences and they were saying things. And I tried to, and I, I couldn't get past one letter. I thought something was going was wrong. And there seems to be this language that is built up, right? Everybody, there seems to be an understanding overall where people say, you know, type F for food. And it's funny, like it could have, it could have been, there's no reason, like that isn't a requirement of the game. That wasn't built into the instruction manual, right? It's not, you don't get fed if you type F. That's just like, it's just what people are doing. So now more people are doing it because that's what I do because someone told me to do that. And so I started doing it as a, as a parent. I was like, type F for food, but I could have said type H if you're hungry. Mm-hmm. I could have said S for starving. C for come here. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. S for stop what you're doing and feed me. You know, it could have been anything else, but it was F for food. Okay. Sounds good. And I think what's so cool about that is that as you are building a civilization and a culture in the game, those kinds of interactions between real people in this digital space are creating culture. Like typing F for food is a cultural norm in the game. And it, it, I just think that's so um, so cool that you're seeing these kinds of cultural norms emerge in a game that's all about exploring like what it means to be a society and what it means to kind of be human. But I think I think that's kind of the point, right? Like we're all building this together, everybody who's playing it. And part of that is developing these different systems. And one of those systems is communication. And yeah, we all know English, technically whatever language you can type on a keyboard, I guess. But um, we're, we're all communicating with, with these letters. But there's there are other systems too, because I see the way that these towns are starting to grow and the systems that people have for um, farming, for example. And it's it's so cool. We, we're, we are building a civilization. And I don't know, kind of the, the fascinating thing to me is that I don't know how much of this was designed, right? I think by designing very little, all of these things come up organically. And then you have all of these experiences that I, I guess you design for them. Like, okay, so so you spawn into a world, right? Look, like how many times did this happen? You spawn into a world and you, you, you literally, you just popped out of your mom. You saw your mom and your mom just ran away. Yeah, that happened. Right, and then you try to follow her and then you can't find her and then you died. Yeah, it sucked. Right. <laughs> how many times did that happen? <laughs> I, I lost count. So many, so many. But then sometimes you're born and your mommy's like, hey, type F for food. Mm-hmm. I went to a town where there were like four different mommies who were feeding all the babies. They were great. Yeah. I had some really great mommies in this game. It was unbelievable. Some were like, I, I would follow them around. They wouldn't go very far. And there was like, there's these 
like just in general, just that, right? It's like you can, what happens or what are the odds that you are successful in life, whether you have a good or a bad mommy? In this game, you literally die seconds into the game if your mommy doesn't stay by you and give you what you need. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of incredible. And to to an even greater extent, if the mom is farming and getting food, then and you haven't played before, then you're learning um, how to do those things or you're learning where the food is, right? Because your mom can carry you over to that place. Yeah, what happened to me most of the time was I'd be born into a civilization um, where there was like a dedicated feeder. There was like a, a mom mm-hmm. there who just fed all of the kids and she just stood by like a bucket of carrots or something. And that was her entire function <laughs> was to like feed and, and clothe with children as they as they popped out, which I on one hand, I thought, OK, well, that's very that's a very gamer mentality. Like we're going to take the system that we have and we're going to maximize it for the output in the return. Because obviously, if you have, uh, you know, children that grow into adults, they can help farm and they can move things and they can advance your civilization. And, you know, since you can only live for 60 minutes at max, you know, those children are are your legacy and they continue to live after you do. And I, there might be even a hope that you spawn back into that culture as one of theirs. Very, very circle of life, uh, very circle of life-esque. On the other hand, I find it incredibly creepy <laughs> that literally a, a, this one player, and I don't know the gender of the player, but this one female character is literally reduced to her biological function. And there's a little, there's a little like, creepy uneasiness with that. And I, I don't think it's intentional, but it was something that crossed my mind. <laughs> but also it, there wasn't a collective we that decided that. That was w- because the communication is so limited in this game. And if you and I joined the server at the same time, there's no way for us to appear in the same place at the same time. It's possible, but we can't make it happen. We're randomly spawning, so we couldn't be we might not be in the same place at the same time. And even if we were, there was there's no way for me to know which which baby you are and which one I am. I'm the cute one. <laughs> the the attributes are random yeah. and some babies might look the same if there's a lot of us. So there's no there's no way to organize that. So that means that someone started the game and took it upon themselves to play that role of being the feeder <laughs> for the community. And if anybody else noticed, then they're like, "Oh, this this mom is feeding everybody." And then people started bringing it over. I got to I got to disagree. I think you know, as the adult, because you can actually write things out and where this happened were civilizations that were more advanced, like they had uh, cobblestone roads and they had huts and things like that. So I'm I'm pretty sure there was some level of organization, but obviously, yeah, I mean, to some degree there is just like the gut instinct and observing what's going on as well. But I mean, when you can communicate in sentences, it's a little bit easier, um, but there definitely is still that kind of collective, okay, we need to do this as a collective um, type of agreement. Oh, see, see, this is the thing. Like there's no, there's no, there's nothing holding that person there. There's nothing forcing that person to do that. Like that person decided to do that. I mean, what, even if somebody else typed like we need a feeder, there still had to be somebody who volunteered to be the feeder. And at any moment that person could just stop being the feeder and then just go farm or hunt or do anything else. I've thought about that a lot because I've also been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves and which is supposed to be in a very similar vein, a game about like cooperative multiplayer where the you to survive, you need to work together with your crewmates and your teammates, not quite to the survival extent of one hour, one life. Um, you don't really have to. 
it, you could go out on your own. You could, but it really sucks. Like it's really <laughs> terrible and it's really hard and you die a lot. Um, but they're having problems with trolls as most multiplayer online games do. And I was, th- so I was thinking about, you know, what is it? I haven't read or heard really anything about trolls in one hour, one life. I have in the forums. In the forums? Yeah. Apparently you can do things to kill other people off. I don't know if you can actually shoot someone with an arrow uh, at this point, but I read that people were essentially being murdered by other people. I don't know if they were being starved out by other people or what exactly was happening, but I did see some complaints. So I mean, one thing I was thinking about is when you enter this game, you can't do anything. And by the time you are physically capable of doing harm, you've already invested a lot of, you know, as in this game, at least a significant amount of time. And I, I just am curious, obviously there's going to be people who do it because they're not good people. Um, but in general, I'm wondering if that is something, you know, for game designers to look at in the future of, you know, by the time people can actually interact in a way that is aggressive or detrimental, they've bought, they've kind of bought into the system. They've had somebody else take care of them. You know, there is this sense of community, you know, when somebody else is feeding you and keeping you alive. And I just think that's such an interesting um, kind of perspective on approaching like trolling behavior in the idea of shaping a positive behavior and emotionally trying to connect and engage with players with one another as a way to limit you can't eliminate but limit the the potential for trolling and i i don't have any data to back that up but i that's kind of what where i have landed on in my head you're saying that because the game requires people to work together it might diminish trolling behavior more that you as a player are indebted to other players there's a at least for me like an emotional connection like this person is literally keeping me alive and when you're old enough to do more you know they're the people around you have built the civilization and the entire reason you can play this game is because other people have allowed you have have enabled you to do that and so I, i wonder if there is some kind of you know psychological underpinnings going on where there is a sense of like indebted gratitude. And so if you're feeling, you know, gratitude towards someone or respect or, or appreciation, I would imagine you are much less likely to engage in harmful behavior toward them. So, and again, just it, it's my hypothesis and full disclosure, I'm an incredibly empathic person. And so a lot of this stuff in the game was really hard for me, which is one of the reasons I, I don't think I enjoyed it, obviously, as, as much as Hosway did. But that's that's my ponderings right now is if if those kinds of feelings, they seem like they would be antithetical to disruptive behavior. Uh, I see where you're coming from. But so for taking the example of Sea of Thieves, when I played on day one, the moment that it was available, I started playing and the game doesn't tell you what the controls are. I had no idea what to do or where to go, but I had voice chat. So I started asking people. Like, oh, like, what are we doing? Oh, hey, we've got, we've got uh, this treasure that we're looking for. Um, we got to fight some skeletons, whatever. And I was like, guys, like, I see you all using a sword. How do you use a sword? Oh, Y button. That's how you use a sword. Okay, okay, I see. And so there was all this communication. In, in One Hour, One Life, that communication doesn't exist. And even taking the time to spell something out and talk, it almost feels like precious time, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, wait, 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 wait. I could write this out or I could like, those carrots are just there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take some carrots. So I'm curious, what did that, what was that experience like for you? If you, 
according to your theory, uh, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go towards um, just you generally wouldn't be a troll online. I get the feeling. So, so <laughs> no. what would? So what was your reaction like when you came in and you saw and somebody took care of you? What what did you do for that person or the or for the community at large? Oh, I died. Like pretty quick. But, but what so, did you try to do? <laughs> like, like what did you want to do? I, I wanted to help. Like, I, I, I wanted to contribute. You know, I would follow other. Once I was old enough to, you know, like grab berries and feed myself, I would follow other people around and try to figure out what they were doing and how I could help. Uh, unfortunately, most of the time, I just died. Like I got so far from a berry bush and I, I couldn't find any more, and I just, I croaked. I think the oldest I got was. 12. So I, I never did very well. And I usually died by four or five. That was that was about average. But I wanted to help. Like I wanted to be supportive. And I wanted to, like, I didn't run away from the mom. I stood right where they put me. I did exactly what they asked of me. And I tried to be as like helpful as I could be. Uh, part of that was really challenging because that game is not friendly on a Mac. Uh, because right, uh, being able to right click is incredibly vitally important in that game and the max version of right click apparently doesn't work and so the first couple times i played i was on my my mac without a mouse and i couldn't figure out how to even feed myself so i kept dying when i was you know three years old because mom's like okay you don't need me anymore and then i would just die um so i got a mouse and then i i ended up living a little bit longer so part of it was the not knowing what i was doing (laughs) and then once i got the right equipment on on my end i still had that problem like i couldn't I didn't feel like I was a helpful member of society. I didn't know how to do anything. I, I was trying to find, you know, the tools because in the, the bottom right corner would pop up, you know, get two milkweed to make X. And I don't think I ever made anything. I could never find two things to go together. I never made anything. And so I, for me, a lot of the time, I just felt like I was wandering around eating up resources. And it made me feel really bad. <laughs> and because in this game, there's no tutorial on what really to do. It just says, click this button or that button. But there's so much more going on in the game. You know, as Josue mentioned, the, the tech trees and being able to advance technology and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I I did not feel like a very good member of society. I didn't feel like I had a grasp on what was going on. Uh, I routinely felt kind of helpless, and which is not, not a pleasant feeling. And then on top of all of that, the as a as a mother babies dying everywhere was not an easy thing for me to sit with and then on the occasion that I spawned as an eve so to speak when I spawned as a teenager and then I couldn't take care of my baby I just like I I couldn't it just, it like it physically hurt my heart. I couldn't do it. And so I really, really wanted to like this game. And I wanted to have the experience that the Motherboard article talked about, you know, broke my heart, restored my faith in humanity. And I think I just got to the broke my heart part um, as my personal experience. Now, at, instead of as a player, it, looking at it as a designer and as a psychologist, I think it's fascinating. Like I would, I want to do studies on this game. I, I want to do research. I want to see um, what people do and, and the cultures and the norms that evolve and the societies that people create and the, the, the history that gets left behind. And I just think that's so fascinating. I just, I couldn't, there were just too many things for me as a player that were confusing or uncomfortable that I couldn't actually enjoy the game. 
Hey, there's a brand new way that you can help support Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, including this one. That's by becoming a subscriber on Twitch. You can visit our channel at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. We stream at least twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays and sometimes sporadically throughout the week. And you can see all of our archives there. So if you miss a day, you can check out the games that we played. Our goal on Twitch is to have one more place where we can talk about mental health while doing some cool stuff. Most of the time we're just playing games and having fun. But if you have any questions about psychology, we're hoping that people will go there too. And if you have Amazon Prime, you may have something that you're not aware of. As a Prime subscriber, you have Twitch Prime, which allows you a free subscription every month to a channel of your choice. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can go to twitch.tv slash geektherapy, link your Amazon account, and then use your free subscription on us. Everyone in the chat will know that you're a subscriber, you'll get access to an exclusive emoticon, and it's just one more way to support Geek Therapy. And this one is actually free for you if you already have Amazon Prime. So visit twitch.tv slash geektherapy to check out our Twitch channel, and at the very least, give us a follow so you'll be notified every time we go live. Again, for information on how to use Twitch Prime, visit geektherapy.com slash prime, and check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. So I think this game is uh, has a lot of like metaphors for life. Because you said, I felt like I was just like taking up resources and not contributing anything to society. It's like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about like life or are you talking about this game? <laughs> As game. a mother, like I'm not taking, am I taking good care of my child? I'm not, you know? I'm not projecting, I promise. <laughs> my, my child is doing very well. He's a very healthy, thriving little boy. I had three babies at once at oh one gosh. point and then one of them was just stupid he just kept walking <laughs> away so he died that's life that's life that kid was stupid he was like he got his full head of hair and he started wandering and then he started eating berries from the bushes that i was eating from i was like okay i taught you how to feed yourself but then he just like wandered off and then like pff, died right next to me that kid i'm telling you yeah i've, I've seen a couple where they just like run off I'm like okay you know whatever you're exploring your world it's fine and i know a large part of the design is that you fail a lot and like constantly but over time you get better which again i think is a really great analogy for life in general yeah again it, it depends so even if you've played for hours and you know how everything works and you've mastered the left click right click um <laughs> the game inputs right that, that that those are all your options once you've mastered that and you play for an hour. If you end up in a place that's desolate and doesn't have anything but one berry bush and nothing else close by, you're done. Or like happened to me a couple times, you spawn where there's a bear and you get eaten by a hungry bear. Oh my God. That did not happen to me. That happened to me multiple times. I, which encouraged me to want to get older and become a hunter so I could go hunt some bears. <laughs> and Kind of in the same way that um, there was a civilization where I was like, "Oh, things are pretty advanced here. I I wanna I wanna help out just to advance civilization. I just wanna I just wanna see what's next. How far can we go? Um, and it's it's hard to play when you when your circumstances, mm-hmm. your life circumstances are sometimes they're for you, sometimes they're against you. It was so weird to hear myself during the stream talking about how wow, it makes a big difference if you're born into a community that is like already thriving has tons of food and works together versus one like all these things that are that are true in life and they're playing out in these really quick uh segments um because again you were the longest i survived is 16 so that means i i played one character for 16 minutes yeah i mean just like a game that makes you think that is incredible right so i am thinking and in this case because it was on a twitch stream out loud (laughs) that 
wow, like it really makes a difference. Or wow, I have a good mother now. Or wow, I have a bad uh, a bad mother. Where'd my mom go? Um, wow, these ladies are just feeding me. This is incredible. I never reached adulthood as a male. So that game is going to be really different if you're playing as a man and you're not popping out babies and you don't have to feed them all the time, right? Like babies aren't coming up to you to feed them. That's like, that's life, right? <laughs> and also if you're, if you're feeding a baby, it takes away your food too. Hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, if, if you feed a child, it like knocks down one of your adult resources, which I didn't realize that. I, th- I thought yeah. it was just time was passing, but makes sense. Makes sense. And so, yeah, I mean, that's another perfect example of, oh, wow, you know, there are expectations of women in this culture that are very specific to them and limit their ability to do certain things because, you know, they have to make sure that if if they are feeding their children that, you know, they have to take more time to do that and they have to take more time to eat more food because they're providing nutrients for at least, you know, themselves and one other and then like like you said, at one point you had three kids. That's a that's a lot to take on. And I, I think those kinds of social commentaries are really, really powerful. And I, I want somebody to do like a well-played or like a deep dive into this game because I think there's just a trove of sociological um, treasure to be found here. <laughs> there's a lot of discovery too, right? Like I, I want to see the tech tree advanced. I want to see what different places look like. I want to see what people have done. But there's also these questions like, how old can I be and still breastfeed? I was really curious about that. I kept coming up to a mom. I think I was still six and she was breastfeeding me, I think. Oh, wow. Which mine just kicked me out. (laughs) Like as soon as I could feed myself, they're like, get out kid. Yeah. Well, like I kept, I kept, she may have just clicked on me by accident. Right. But I was, (laughs) but I did have other, I did have some parents who were like, yeah, yeah, like I'll feed you. Like it's, it's all good. But then other parents were like, you know, they would type out, you can feed yourself. Yeah. And, and I don't know again, because everything here, you try to be brief. I don't know. What was the tone of that? Was it like, hey, you can feed yourself, leave me alone? Or like, hey, guess what? Maybe you didn't realize it, but you can now feed yourself. You can do it. Go out into the world (laughs) and fly. Uh, It's so funny. And now they added something, which is, uh, my understanding, not even a week old, which is the naming. I, I was reading about that. You can name the babies. You can name the babies. And then uh, I met my grandmother a couple times. So like there can be, if somebody's playing long enough, you you start having that play out. So I had my grandmother and my mother were both in the game still. That's so cool. Yeah, which means that they're pretty good. So uh, there's, Jason uh, wrote in a, in a blog that he's going to take all that data from the names and start making family trees and lineages and make that data available. So you can see when you're born or when when you die, how far back your tree goes and how many ancestors you had, which is incredible. I think, uh, so they're gonna be last names and first names. And and then he has, so you can't just call yourself, whatever, butthead. Dick um, Yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, you can't call yourself anything like that. So he made a list of, my understanding is thousands of names uh, that are acceptable. So yeah. I checked the list. You can be, or your baby, you can name your baby Kelly, K-E-L-L-I. Yes. You can also name your kid Josue, J-O-S-U-E. Does it have the little dangly thing over it the E? It doesn't have, it doesn't have the tilde over the E, <sighs> but I'm going to, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it pass. It's okay. Because <laughs> that complicates things. Because is it, is it like the Spanish uh, and- version? Is it the French version? Like, so I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. J-O-S-U-E. Yeah. 
good enough for me. But that is fantastic. Uh, that has all these real names that you can that you can pick. One time, uh, my babe. Let's see. One time, my mom named me Monty. Oh, <laughs> uh, that one was really good. And then another time, they named me. Oh, it's on the, it's on the stream. But it was a really good name. It was a really really good name. <laughs> and. I've never played a game where I'm like, man, my mom named me really well. That was <laughs> that was incredible. That was a good mom. Very unique. Yeah. 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 And again, there's no points. There's no, and you don't really, there's no scoreboard. There's no leaderboard. Like, I, there's no, hey, this is the longest you've survived, or hey, this is the most you've ever contributed to society. Those stats aren't available. It's just, hey, you're here for a moment and you get to contribute or explore or do whatever you want. And everybody has the same exact choice. And let's see what happens, which is how the world happened. (laughs) People started being born. People died. Some people moved things forward. Some people didn't. Some people are going to tear things down. I'm I'm curious if we can only advance. Oh, can you regress? Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, can if people start spawning in and are like, we're just going to burn the world to the ground. Or you start, like, taking resources and, like, taking them far away. You know? Well, I know that you can you can um, use up all the resources in an area. So, like, if you overfish or you take too much milkweed when it's not flowering, like, you can actually kill the environment around you. Or if you hunt too much game in one place, like, so there is resource depletion in that sense. Yep. But I would also be really interested to know, because I know Jason has talked about, you know, building out the atomic age and what, you know, what would happen if somebody built a a nuclear weapon and dropped it on their civilization does does it become mad max does it become a post-apocalyptic wasteland or like what what happens not that i want that to happen but i I, i'm curious about you know how the, the frame of mind is the designer like how is that system designed and how is he kind of thinking and programming for one, the curiosity that humans are going to have, because if there is an atom bomb, someone is going to drop it, not even necessarily because they're a troll, but because they want to know what's going to happen, because that's what you do in games. You you play with those kinds of consequences. Um, so there, I feel like there has to be some kind of contingency plan in there for that. Well, even if it did happen, and it's assuming that you get to the atomic age, you make a nuclear bomb, you explode it in an area, that area is contaminated, it would be contaminated for hundreds of years. So technically, that's only a couple of days. <laughs> in the uh, game I always the optimist yeah well it's true like because if you want those kind of things to play out mm-hmm. then let them fuck it let it let it play out <laughs> and then no, I'm just really, you said let it play out and i'm thinking about all those um really complicated economic models about how people behave and i wonder if maybe at some point this will be a useful resource for that you know that you're seeing people kind of play out in a, a quote unquote real world situation that where resources matter and you're going to get more authentic human experiences and decision making. And I think that would be fascinating to see how one of these civilizations tackles, you know, the the financial crisis and the housing crisis in like 2008, you know, does it lead to that? Do they have those same values or have, do they approach it in a different way? And, or, or if it just plays out the same because humans are humans and maybe it doesn't matter so much. And this is, again, my understanding is, is, is that it's all one server. So if you're playing on the main game, like just says it when you bought it, you installed it, you log in, 
you're playing on a server that Jason is running, and therefore we are playing out the world. Again, I don't know how big it is. I don't know if it could get to a point. Like, so, so again, curiosity. I would love to just keep traveling in one direction and see how far I could go. Mm-hmm. Is there an end? Of, is there an end to the world? I'm assuming there is. Can we set up in that corner of the world? Will that corner become its own nation? The game responds you randomly, so it's not like we could end up creating different nation states and then go to war, probably. Because although if you just like reincarnated into a different faction and they were at war, you'd probably just start fighting because that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I was just thinking about what happens <laughs> when the, the the civilizations themselves expand so much to where they bump into one another. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ass- yeah. I'm assuming that, I mean, technologically speaking, that is totally possible. I'm assuming at some point in the game it could be possible. And, you know, are people going to bring their aggression? Or, I mean, my, my thought would probably, my gut instinct, I guess, my belief that humanity is good says no, if nothing else, because if you are old enough to go on like a raiding party, you've invested a lot of time in that person. And it would really, really suck to just get killed because you got into a stupid fight. <laughs> but then again, humans. So yeah, I just, I feel like there's so many interesting social dynamics that are playing out, have played out and will play out in this space. So even though I'm not, I did not enjoy my experience, I haven't played in like two weeks because it just, it, I don't know, it, it is not, it's not a game that I jive with very well, but I do want to check in periodically. Like I am genuinely curious about, you know, if I was to hop on right now, what would the world look like? Cause when I first popped in, it was still, you know, dirt, just everything was dirt. And, you know, the really fancy places had uh, like a little town set up that had, uh, I don't know, packed dirt, uh, like lining streets, and they had carts and things like that. Did you see any walls? Did yes. Walls there were yeah. once there, I found uh, some, some low walls, which is why I died because I had to go around the wall and I did not get to the bush in time to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to eat. Yeah, there, there's so many things that, like I said, when I would love to explore and go off to a corner, that would be almost impossible to just, like, you can't just walk over and then you'd need probably a cart full of food. And I don't know how far that cart would take you. So it's like, I could have just taken enough food probably to just get to one place. And I probably shouldn't go alone either because again, bears and, and other animals. So you almost have to like, just go a little further and then say, nope, this looks like a good place to start farming and and start (laughs) doing something else. But then inevitably you're going to die. Like you're not going to get to that next point. So you're going to die at some point there and hope that somebody walks by and continues what you were doing or that you had kids in that area that allow you to continue to, to do what you were doing. And I think that's one of the things that's really special about this game is that like death is final and I feel like it's a really powerful mechanic that often gets kind of used as a as a gimmick. But I mean, everything you create stays there in the persistent world and can be taken up by people that come after you. And there's just something really powerful about, you know that your time is finite and you know that things that you do are going to outlive you and contributions you make will continue on and can possibly benefit, you know, your children and your grandchildren and your children's grandchildren and and all that kind of thing. And I I feel like that's really, really special and something that that the game does really well. Yeah, the game's incredibly deep, 
but it's also incredibly simple. Yeah. But it's super charming. And then it has incredible potential. In the video, in the intro video that he that he has, he shows his character kind of walking through through different time periods, right? Like oh, yeah, tech yeah. tree. And he gets killed mm-hmm. by a robot at the end. As we all will. As we all will. And <laughs> so it's like the potential. Like what is this game gonna look like in a few months? It's gonna be very, very different. It almost it's so weird, but it this is definitely one of those experiences where people can talk about the game as it progressed, right? Because mm-hmm. If it is going to be just this one server, sure, maybe in two years he'll reset it. Or maybe if the game is popular enough, he'll need a second server that'll start off. I wonder, I don't know, like, like this is it. Like, what we see now, that's it. And and somebody, like, you said everything is permanent. But it's permanent to an extent because eventually someone's going to come and build something bigger on top of it. You know, it isn't isn't like the the little hut that I made is going to be there forever. Somebody's going to come and build a skyscraper there eventually or a space station or whatever, uh, you know, it's going to happen. And so the world is going to change is continuously going to change. And like you said, you, your death is permanent and your effect is as temporary as any effect can be in, in, in life. I don't know. There's like all these existential really deep questions that come up when playing this game a game that's drawn by hand <laughs> and voiced by one person and has two uh, mouse inputs. It is, I don't know. There's so much. I'm, I mean, I really just want to keep talking about this game and <laughs> I, I'm sorry you didn't play more because I think that the more you play, the more, obviously the more you see. And this isn't a game where I don't foresee maybe, maybe if we reach out to him and we're like, Hey, we want to do research. Uh, can we, can we have some sort of, can we see the world? Like I would like a, a God mode where we can just view and float mm-hmm. around and see what's happening. But right now as, as, as players, we can't do that. We can only see the part of the world where we are. And I wonder if that'll change too. What if, what if the tech tree keeps advancing and then you're able to see, will we have planes? Will we be able to teleport to different parts of the world? Will we be able to access like, a satellite and view different parts of the world. Will we get a world map eventually? Like, how realistic is it going? Like, I have all these questions. <laughs> I have all these questions. Are we ever going to get an iPhone? Like, that's, you know? Yeah, can you start com- communicating with people uh, um, across distances? I don't know. Like, is it going to remain this simple? Because there's there's certain conceits that you that you just you just accept them. It's like, yeah, like, we, we can't fast travel because like uh, we have horses, we have carts. That's as far as we've gotten. Once we get a car, we can go a little farther, a little faster. How far is that going to go? Will we get to a point where I can build a spaceship and visit another world? Only if the car and the spaceship have like a snack box that you can fill up. But once we make a replicator, then... We need to get on that. Yeah. That would solve so many problems. As in Star Trek, it would solve all the problems. (laughs) All the problems. Yeah, it does solve most of the problems in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Once you don't have to worry about food. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Once you don't have to worry about food. You can move up with that Maslow's hierarchy. This is, the more I think about it, the more I imagine this being a problem (laughs) as as a designer because it gets to the point like, so you could choose to create in the tech tree, you advance medicine so much where you can have a pill that feeds you for a week or like you you abolish starvation or dying of hunger or something like that. Um, if we get want to get sci-fi with it, oh man, oh, I'm excited. I am so excited. The reason to revisit the game from time to time is just that 
the game is constantly evolving. And sure, there's other games that 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 happens with, but nothing like this. Like World of Warcraft didn't change every time you came in. It changed periodically when there was an expansion. Destiny, The Division, like they get updates. This game is just evolving. Yeah, I was just thinking we should we should put something down in the calendar for six months from now and agree to to come back to this and see how much has changed and if our if any of our questions have been answered, if at least on my end, the experience has changed enough to where I can, you know, more easily integrate if my my tiny babies aren't, you know, turning into piles of bones every five seconds. So yeah, I, I think we need to put that in the books for for in the future. I want to start streaming it every week just to pop in, even if it's just like for 30 minutes, just to see how things are, even if I don't end up contributing much. Hey, 30 minutes. That's like, that's like six or seven lives. It could be. Yeah. (laughs) Or half a life if you're good. Yeah. And I'm not. If you know how to right click. Uh, I do now. (laughs) Oh God, that was so frustrating. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. But oh, this game is a lot of fun. Again. uh, So check out one hour, one life.com. Again, from from every single perspective, like the conversations that are happening on on the forums are incredible. There's a wiki that's super useful. And then seeing Jason update things and make new things is a lot of fun. So and I can't stop thinking about this game. So I, I, I think people should check it out and talk to us about it and tell us what you see. I definitely uh, suggest it. Like right now it's 20 bucks. I don't know. I, I think it is special. I'm, I'm really glad that that uh, Motherboard article came out because... Otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't uh, have heard about it yet. Yeah, I'm so curious where this is going to go and how people are going to react. But I think it's a good streaming game. I think I think I'm definitely going to stream it every now and then. I'm just so delighted because when I pitched this idea to you, you had a very lukewarm response. You were like, "Eh, I guess." And now Did that I, you're super, is yeah, that true? yeah, it's totally true. Really? You're like, I don't know if we can do a whole show. And now you're like super stoked. So I'm, I, if nothing else. I am delighted that I I was able to help bring this into your life. This reminds me of the Hellblade conversation, but backwards. Yeah. Because <laughs> Hell, Hellblade, I was like, I, I don't want to play anymore. I think it's cool. I think I think people should check it out, but I don't want it. Yeah, so that's it for, for Headshots. Again, that game is at onehouronelife.com. For more Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com. All of our contact information and all of our cool stuff like our Twitch channel, and links to our Patreon are all in the show notes. And our Facebook group. I forget about our Facebook group. We're almost at over 400 members. You're not a, you're not on delete that hashtag delete Facebook train. That's another podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm just, <laughs> just curious. <laughs> I'm practically always there at the point of deleting Facebook. But then... I wouldn't have that group anymore, which is fantastic. And if you don't like Facebook, join our Discord. All those links are in the show notes, which you can find just by looking at your phone at the or episode. Get at us on Twitter. We're super responsive on Twitter. Or get us on Twitter. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the game, what you thought of this uh, conversation. Let us know what you think about uh, Kelly's right-click issues. <laughs> I want to know. There should have been a disclaimer for Max. Come on. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy.